0: those terrible, terrible things that happened to your favorite ball club last season in Cincinnati. Yeah, I know. You kind of tried to block them out a little bit. All those double-digit losses again and again and again. It just got annihilated. That needs to reverse itself in the purest form this weekend. And I'll tell you why. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dion Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. It's Pirates versus Reds tonight, 6.40 p.m. first pitch at Great American Ballpark. And the thrashing of that horrific team that the Reds are fielding this year, needs to begin at roughly 641. And it needs to go on through all four games of this weekend, including the makeup doubleheader that they'll be playing out there tomorrow. Here's why. Not because of some silly revenge thing the Reds got rid of most of their good players. It's pretty much just Joey Votto left because Joey Votto is like the the cockroach in nuclear winter when it comes to Cincinnati baseball. He just won't ever be moved because of his contract and because of the Reds' attachment to him and vice versa. But that team is mostly gone. The players who did that damage to the pirates, are gone. So this isn't about, yeah, we'll show you, we'll stick it to you. It's not about that at all. It's about, and hear me out on this, rising up to at least the level of mediocrity. I know, I'll wait. I'll wait here for the applause and the planning of the parade routes and everything else here. But I am here to at least put forth the notion That the Pirates have a chance at getting better within the National League Central Division over the course of this year. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, prospects and rankings and how so and so is doing in Altoona or wherever. I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. They need to start separating themselves from teams like the Reds. If you haven't followed the Reds, first of all, you've got something in common with everyone in southwestern Ohio. Secondly, they're 3 and 21. I'm going to say that again. 3 and 21. Now, the reason for that is obvious. The owner pulled the plug on the Gross and silly overspending that the Reds will occasionally engage in every five or six years. And I say this at the time, and everyone thinks, ah, you're just sticking up for nutting or whatever. And it's got nothing to do with that. Just the Reds can't afford the kind of payrolls that they've put out there. And then when those teams don't go far enough because they're trying to build them through free agency as opposed to building them the way they need to, which is through their farm system. It just blows up in their face and then they start over again. And you know what? In another three or four years, the Reds are going to do the same thing again and they're going to get all the same attaboys and it's going to fall apart again. The Reds won't do anything. They won't make any kind of noise, never mind being competitive, until they come up with a consistently productive farm system. That said, I don't care about the Reds and you don't care about the Reds. What does matter, at least to some extent, is that the Pirates continue to separate themselves from teams like that and start moving out of basements, out of permanent, it feels like, basements, and climbing up the ladder at least a little bit. doesn't matter how. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I'm going to throw a couple numbers at you here that I came up with going through the Pirates' schedule. Since they were off yesterday, a little bit of a break. They're 10 and 14 overall. They're in third place for those of you who never look at the standings. And if you're a Pirates fan, you're, that's probably a pretty common thing. You know, It's funny that even on the Pirates' own website, I just have to throw this out parenthetically, they hide the standings like in the menu. You can't find them. It says all of the categories are tickets, schedule, scores, stats, roster, video, news, about PNC Park, community, and then if you hit these little three dots at the end, way at the bottom of the three dots are standings. But that's OK. I'm here to read you the standings. The Pirates are in third place. All right. They're six and a half out behind Milwaukee. That, of course, is pretty much the exact margin through which the Brewers have beaten the Pirates, of course, in all six meetings. Here's what's interesting. Out of the Pirates 10 and 14 record, they're two and 10. Against the teams they face that have winning records, meaning, of course, the six against the Brewers, one and two against the Cardinals, and one and two against the Padres, who just came through Pittsburgh. The Pirates are eight and four against everyone else. Hmm. You see where I'm getting here? That's You're just sitting there. You're sitting there on the cusp of glorious potential mediocrity, which is progress for this team. I mean, I sound like I'm joking about it, and I kind of am, but not entirely. Here's another one. When the Pirates have scored four or more runs, which isn't asking a whole heck of a lot, they're 10 and 1. Four runs, that's it. On the other hand, when they've scored less than four runs, they're 0-13. That tells you that the pitching has kind of been lacking. Another one, comeback wins. Nine of the Pirates' 10 wins have been, I'm sorry, eight of the Pirates' 10 wins have been via comeback. That's way too many, but that also shows again how the starting pitching has struggled in the first couple of innings. Pirates were playing from behind in almost every game there. For a long while until they started doing this opener thing and getting good pitchers like Dylan Peters up front instead of, you know, all those other guys and the Zach Thompsons and so forth. This one really jumps out at me. When the Pirates score first, they're three and four. When the opponent scores first, they're seven and 10. Now, the real striking figure there is because th- those don't really amount to much of a trend in either direction, is that they've only scored first in a game seven times all year, whereas the opponent has scored first 17 times. That statistic is one of those magical water finds its own level figures that ends up pretty much evening out over the course of the year. A lot like one-run games. One-run games for great teams and for terrible teams tend to even out over the course of a long summer. It's just seen as kind of a, you know, a luck thing. And sure enough, the Pirates this year so far are 3-3 three and three in one-run games. Doesn't mean much. What am I getting at here? First of all, they've played a tougher schedule than what they will going over a full summer. They're going to face a lot more of the Reds and the the teams like the Tigers and And it's not going to be as heavily concentrated on Brewers, Cardinals, and Padres, and that sort of thing. Don't get me wrong. Pirates aren't about to finish 500 or anything this year. But when you take all of this data that I gave you and put it into like a blender and just push puree, what comes out of that is a team that's getting closer to just routine normalcy, as opposed to being really, really bad. They're now getting to the point where they're like below average. And that's at least something. I've been saying all along that what's needed more than anything else in the calendar year 2022 is a step forward. That's not asking a lot. Team lost 101 games last year. They can't be doing that and say that they're getting better. At some point, it has to happen in Pittsburgh. And maybe kind of it is but i'll tell you what i wouldn't be losing to the reds i wouldn't be losing to these reds that'll undo everything i just said when we come back just one question time for J1Q and today's comes from Andrew who asks, are the new humidors being used to store practice balls as well as game balls? I'm wondering if some of the Pirates puzzling defensive miscues in the infield might have to do with the game balls behaving differently than what they're used to compared to last year or even compared to practice reps. Um, uh, There's a couple of different directions to go with the humidor discussion. The first is that offense is way down across Major League Baseball. I've had a tough time reminding myself of that when watching the Pirates' relative lack of productivity at the plate. There are, of course, a bunch of guys that are not just below 200 batting average, but way below 200. And that's never acceptable. I don't care what the broader context is. But... The overall batting average right now in the majors, if you haven't heard this number, it's going to blow you away, is 218. Now, some of that has to do with the shifts. Some of that has to do with how intricate uh, pitchers and their pitching coaches and pitching planners, there are now pitching planners. The Pirates have one of those, Radley had The How they can attack hitters and just dissect every tendency that they have. How after they swing at an outside changeup, you can just pound them inside at a certain location with a fastball and they've got no chance of hitting it. Hitting has never been harder than it is now, which is why hitters have been coached and continue to be coached to swing for the moon. Because at least This way, when they do make contact, it'll go a long way and it'll count for a run if it clears one of those fences out there. The humidors are in there, too. Baseball has, of course, been sensitive to the criticism, which is fair criticism, by the way, that they've juiced up the balls at times over the last two or three years without telling anybody, by the way, so that they can raise the home run numbers and then home runs and strikeouts and walks, or your only three outcomes at the plate, baseball becomes a really boring game because you take the bases out of it. You take the runners at the corners with one out and all the strategy and the suspense that comes with that. Instead, it's just everybody swings and misses, or they trot down to first, or they hit one over the fence, which is fun, the one or two times it happens in the game. That's not exciting. That's a lousy product. So their thinking is the humidor helps keep the ball in the ballpark. So if you hit it a long way, it'll go off a fence or something. And, you know, you'll have people on base. Hasn't worked out. Hasn't worked out. To attach the humidor to something defensive, though, I'm going to have a tough time with that. And that was your actual question. Uh, Particularly as it relates to the difference between uh, taking infield practice and taking grounders in the game. People who play First base, second base, third base or short will all tell you that all that matters is the way the ball is coming at them and what ground it hits. In other words, does it hit the lip of the grass? Does it skip in this way or that way? But, you know, pointing to the humidor and suggesting that there's some kind of spin or the ball is heavier or whatever, uh, that's not going to be something that would come into play. Also, I feel obligated to point this out, too. Yeah, every time it comes up. Overall, the Pirates are, this year, a pretty good defensive team. Last year, they were a very good defensive team. It's human nature that we remember errors, especially when someone like Kibrian Hayes makes one, and you think, that can't possibly have happened to him. Well, it does. It does. He also is a product of human nature. Kevin Newman's had a couple of whoppers this year, but again, I'm not going to go looking for, you know, excuses or outside reasons as to why those might have happened. The Pirates have not been their best selves defensively, and and when I say that, I'm referring to the players that you would want and hope to be that, not when, you know, some random nobody is filling in, which happens a little too often. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today and all week long. We'll be back Monday with another one.